everyone. I am Dr. Melanie Boone, and welcome to Intel Noir Podcast. Um, in this episode, we are going to talk about fighting imposter syndrome with Dr. Yaira, who has done some extensive research. We're also going to walk through and answer some questions for you that we got from our followers on both Instagram and LinkedIn. And so for those of you who don't know me, I am a global business psychologist and entrepreneur. Um, and the purpose and meaning for or behind me creating Intel Noir is to bring people together to share thoughts and ideas, um, self-help, inspiration, and then just tell the truth <laughs> about some of the things that we're all experiencing today. And so with that, I want to bring my co-host and also our featured guest today, Dr. Yaira, to introduce herself. Hey, my name is Yaira Chikudo. I am a I have a PhD in business psychology and I am a consultant too. And my research for my PhD was about the relationship between imposter phenomenon, also known as imposter syndrome, work engagement, and psychological safety. Okay, so that's great. So tell us a little bit. I know a lot of people you see articles about imposter syndrome. We hear about it all the time. You know, can you tell us what it actually is? Yeah. So imposter phenomenon, which again, throughout the session, I would say either imposter phenomenon or imposter syndrome, and they're basically the same thing. But it was coined by two women in the 1970s. And basically, they were doing like clinical observations, so basically like therapy, and they were doing it with high-achieving women. And so they were in these sessions with high achieving women and a lot of them couldn't internalize their success. And so that's where the term imposter syndrome came from. And it's basically when an individual cannot internalize their success. So they basically feel like they're fraud for their intellect or their success. And they feel like people are going to find out that they are a fraud for feeling, for having like success or being intelligent. So that's pretty much what imposter phenomenon is. Yeah, so does it just affect women or is it women and men? Does age or race matter based off of what you found in your research? So it affects everyone. Everyone is affected by it. And based on like the research out there, it differs because there's some research that would mainly show that it affects mostly women or mostly minorities. And there'll be other research that there's not a difference between like the different demographics, whether it be gender or race, but a lot of research has have shown that minorities are affected a lot by imposter syndrome. Yeah. So I know that you and I have had tons of conversations about whether it's real, whether it isn't real. Is it just low self-esteem? Is it something different? Um, what are your thoughts on like the people who say, oh, that's not real. People just need to buck up on their strength and then get out there and do the job. Yeah. So it's a feeling like imposter syndrome affects everyone. So it's not like something that is like you just say, let it go. And then it goes because it's internal. A lot of it is an internal experience with people. So these are like thoughts and feelings they are having about they have failed their work themselves. So yeah, part of it is like low self-esteem because there have been research that's so low self-esteem. For, so for some people, it's low self-esteem. For others, it can be confidence-related. For other people, it could be their environment, which is fostering this. For some, it's like the way they grew up. So there's a lot of factors that go into that feeling that people feel of imposter syndrome. 
And so like thinking about like what people experiencing it and how you should react to them or like things people are saying, it's like everyone's experiences are different. Mm -hmm. Everyone feels it for different reasons. So some people can just, it could be in school where they experience this. It could be in the workplace. It can be so many different locations or periods in their life where they feel this imposter syndrome feeling. But in the day, there's an internal feeling within them. And unless somebody voices it out, you might not even know they might be feeling this way. Mm. So do people, um, when they have it, like, does it make them act differently when they're at work? Sometimes. So sometimes, so like, for example, if you feel imposter syndrome and you're like, oh, somebody's going to find I'm a fraud, even though like you can be the most hardworking, like you can be getting accolades at work. So sometimes they might act differently in terms like maybe they like overwork themselves because they feel like they have something to prove. And on the other hand, they do a bad job because they don't want people to think they're this awesome person or hardworking (laughs) person at work. So like that fear of like, I don't want you to put me on this pedestal of like I'm awesome and I'm great. So it might change your behavior. So I think it differs for everyone. So in my research, I did the relationship between the imposter phenomenon and work engagement, and there wasn't really a difference when it came to that. So that can be something where it's like, maybe somebody has this best of energy and wants to like work or to someone else, they might not have that energy because there's that fear factor when it comes to imposter syndrome. So there's the fear that somebody's going to think you're not who you actually are in terms of like, you're not as intelligent, you're not as smart, you're not as capable as you actually are. Yeah. And, you know, I, um, I have been guilty of probably shouldn't share this, <laughs> trying not to <laughs> try not to work too hard where people identify like, oh, yeah, that's the one that I want on all of the hard projects, all of the hard work uh, in the past. And so that's always been it's like always been a balance for me. Um, what are your thoughts or like, what do you say? to people who, cause I know this doesn't affect level either, right? This is not about a woman in the boardroom or the C-suite. It could be any employee entry level or wherever they kind of sit in their career. Um, right. What are some of the things you learned from your research that people can do when they're feeling this way? Yeah, so there's a lot of different things. I would say journaling is one of them. So like journaling, like Anytime somebody compliments you, journal that, like write it down, like this is a compliment that it got and the reason why, and then who complimented you. Because if you think about certain things, like for example, if I'm feeling imposter syndrome and Melanie gives me, like you give me a compliment, I'm not going to think you're lying to me about this compliment (laughs) because why would you like lie to me kind of thing? So keeping in mind about who is giving you this compliment, whether it's like someone you work with, your mentor, a friend. So I'll say jotting down the compliments you get for different things and also just keeping track of yourself and like what you've accomplished in life or your accomplishments at work. You can also, if it makes you feel comfortable, journaling the feedback you get and what you've done in regards to those different feedbacks. Because feedback is a huge thing when it comes to imposter syndrome and recognition in the workplace. That plays a huge role. So I would say journaling is one of them. Finding a mentor too is really helpful. So finding a mentor who give you that feedback, that recognition that will like guide you as you're going through these different experiences 
is really huge. So a mentor, and the mentor can be in your workplace or just in life or in general, somebody that you look up to or that you feel like can be helpful in guiding you. Thirdly, I would say getting a coach. Mm-hmm. So having a coach to help you like improve your skills or like different things is really important. So getting a coach to guide you on your journey in the workplace or your journey through life. So that's important too. So I would say journaling, mentor, and a coach is really helpful to fight imposter syndrome. Yeah, I'm actually just speaking with someone who I coach Thursday or Friday, I never remember. Um, And one of the things that was interesting with her is like, even when she hears the comments, she still thinks like, oh, they're just saying that or they don't really mean it. And so one of the things that I shared with her is like putting, like you said, journaling, but putting some of those compliments on stickies (laughs) and putting them around her computer monitor or on her desk so that when she starts having those thoughts or feelings, you know, she's able to reaffirm that like she actually is brilliant and is very, very good at what she does. Um, Then I I also try to, I was talking with someone else and it's one of those things where comparing yourself to others, and let me know if you agree, but yeah. comparing yourself to others, I think feeds it, especially in your mind. Yeah, no, I agree with that for sure. Because yeah. everyone everyone is different. Everyone's levels is different. I also had a conversation with somebody who I, I'm kind of like mentioning in a way where it was <laughs> like, she's comparing herself to people and it's like everyone's journey is different so it's like when you ask somebody for their perspective you don't necessarily have to take whatever the person is saying it's a perspective and you listen to it you hear it and it's up to you to decide whether you want to take that perspective because everyone's journey is different everyone gets to a certain level differently so nowadays it's hard to be like all right this is where I want to be and like trying to do the same thing somebody else is doing to get to that place because everyone's journey is different and everyone approaches things differently everyone has different skills and abilities so yeah definitely comparing yourself to someone like it definitely can fall that imposter syndrome because then you feel like you're not as smart as them or as intelligent as them but everyone is defining intelligence and success so differently so I definitely agree with you. And then I also like to add and further what you're saying, like positive reaffirmation can also help and be helpful. So like affirming yourself all the time, like I can do this. I am intelligent. Whatever words you say to yourself (laughs) about yourself can be helpful because some people might think it's corny, but at the same time, it's for you. It's not for other people when you're reaffirming yourself. So whatever that you can say to make you feel comfortable or make you believe it or like, make you get to that point too can be really helpful. Yeah. I also told her too to celebrate like your wins. And so people laugh at me all the time because if you catch me, depending on what work meeting I'm in, (laughs) if I've done something really well or if I get feedback, I sometimes do a little dance uh, in my chair. But I believe like we have to celebrate ourselves, which we often don't do. Or we may feel like celebrating yourself is like bragging or I should be humble and I shouldn't. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not standing on the rooftops yelling to everybody that I did this or I did that. But just for myself internally, it feels good to do a little dance, treat myself to something I shouldn't be eating. (laughs) Just to kind of celebrate uh, what I've accomplished on a literally on a daily basis. There's usually something that I'm doing that I get excited about. 
Yeah, no, definitely, definitely agree with that. Celebrating the wins, no matter how big or small. And to you, it can be like small, but to somebody, it's like really huge. So definitely taking a moment. And I think some most of the time, you're always on to the next thing, like what next. So definitely take it, stopping and taking a moment to celebrate those wins. Absolutely, absolutely. So we are going to get to questions from our followers on Instagram and LinkedIn in a minute. But before we do that, I just want to introduce, you know, our first sponsor, which is Bianna Studios. Um, Bianna Studios recently published the book Heroic Leadership written by myself. So I will put that disclaimer out there. Um, but Heroic Leadership is really for anyone who's leading teams who's trying to get a competitive edge. Um, it's all about helping you to build stronger, high performing teams using psychological capital. And so it is available on Amazon. It is a Kindle ebook. You can also find it on Barnes and Noble website. It's global. So regardless of what country you're in, you can actually get a copy there as well. And so grab a copy of Heroic Leadership, The Secret to Developing Stronger High-Performing Teams Using Psychological Capital. And then thank you for Bianca Studios uh, for being our first sponsor uh, for this podcast. So now, Let's get to some of these questions. So I have the first one here. Um, so fake it till you make it, right? Like that's always been <laughs> a thing, especially not to date myself, but especially when I first got out of college and undergrad, that's what everyone told you. Does that help imposter syndrome or does it create more anxiety? Hmm. Honestly, I think it depends on the person. Because okay. I feel like there are people who think they're faking it, but are actually not faking it. <laughs> but to them, it's like you think you're faking it until you make it. But a lot of the times, people don't know. Like, especially in the workplace, there's so many people in the like, workplace that don't know what you're doing and figuring yeah. it out as you go. And I feel like even in school, to a similar way, when you're in school, you're like figuring it out as you go kind of thing. Yeah. Like, even when I was in the PhD program, it was like, there was a lot of things I didn't know until I'm, like, asking for other people's perspective. And I'm, like, doing the work as you go along, especially when it comes to research. Uh -huh. It's like, I'm figuring out as I'm going. I'm just going through the process and going through the notions with it. So yeah. I think it depends. Like, if you're a high-anxiety person, like, something which is ambiguous is going to give you anxiety and so if you feel like you have to figure and see make it mm -hmm. yeah it's gonna like exacerbate your imposter syndrome and you're gonna feel more imposter syndrome if you're like going through the unknown and you're like all right I'm just gonna fake it because you're gonna the idea part of the idea of imposter syndrome is like you're scared you're gonna get find out that you're not as authentic or as intelligent as you are so if you're faking it as you like as you make it, it's like there's that fear associated with it. So that can also you can feel more imposter syndrome with them. But on the other hand, if you're like, all right, I'm going through the ambiguity, the unknown. I'm just gonna go with the flow and do what I can do and fake it till I make it or just do what I can do. Then to some people, they might not feel that imposter syndrome because they know like there's that ambiguity and they don't know what's going on. And so they're just doing what they can to succeed and do what they're supposed to do. So some people, I think it's an individual thing and you just need to think about what kind of person you are 
and yeah. what how you go through like situation where there's that unknown or ambiguity or you don't mm-hmm. have all the information that you need and decide if you can fake it till you make it because again <laughs> you'll be surprised how many people in this world don't know what they're doing yeah yeah so simply stay simply sage i'm sorry from instagram asked how do you know if you have imposter syndrome so there's a imposter phenomenon scale. So the most familiar one, which is the Clans Imposter Phenomenon Scale, CIPS. Mm-hmm. So you can Google it and it should pop up. She also has her website. She's one of the people that coined the imposter phenomenon. So you can just take the test, take the test yeah. online and see where you fall on the scale. And also like sometimes when people are talking about it, so if you find yourself saying things like, like, in terms of imposter syndrome, like, oh, I'm not as smart as you are, or like, mm-hmm. you're not as intelligent. Maybe you got all A's in class, or like, somebody called you a high performer at work and you don't feel that you are that, even though like there's evidence of that, then you can, like, that's telling you that you have imposter syndrome. So there'll be times where I see things online, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, and I'm like, yeah, that's imposter syndrome. So I think. <laughs> Being familiar with it, so being aware and being knowing what it is can help you identify it in yourself. But okay. if you're not sure, just go online and take the test. Again, it's the CIPS, Clans Imposter Phenomenon Scale. And yeah, just take the test and it will tell you how high you fall on like the scale of imposter phenomenon and you know if you have it or not. So if you have it, what do you do? Freak out? <laughs> <laughs> ignore it you like what happens definitely don't do it <laughs> do not freak out if you have it because like, okay. sometimes it's like people always have it and then sometimes it's like there are moments where you have it so I yeah. think if you know you have it then you're aware of it I think it's really important to be aware of something I think that's yeah. the first step being aware of what it is and then yeah. acknowledging that all right this is how you feel it and then talking like you know when you have those negative self thoughts, and then you're like you need to take a moment acknowledge it and be like all right rephrase your thoughts based on that I think it's similar to you can do that with imposter phenomenon where you're like all right I have it I'm aware of it and then rephrasing your thoughts of like all right taking a step taking a step back and be like all right I have it but like this is what I need to do to stop having it or I just need to rephrase my mindset of like the self-doubt that you have so rephrase that self-doubt kind of into a confident kind of mindset and that help you too because at the end of the day sometimes it is negative self-doubt when Mm -hmm. you when you experience imposter syndrome so reframing reframing your thoughts and reframing your mindset is really huge when it comes to that so yeah, I was amazed when I figured out what the negative self-talk, negative self-doubt was because it mm-hmm. was happening to me and you you start like you believe it, <laughs> the little yeah. voice in your head. And I will literally tell myself to like cut it out. Like that is not going to happen. <laughs> yes. And I'll say that out loud where now that I'm aware of it, like you said, once you're aware, now I can say, all right, now you're just being ridiculous. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes you tell yourself that like you're just being ridiculous. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So uh, another question here is like, how do you get rid of it if you have it? Yeah, so that was what I mentioned earlier about like yeah. mentoring, coaching, um, reframing your mindset, positive reaffirmations, 
So any of that can help you get rid of it. Journaling to you, mm-hmm. writing things down. Malini talked about putting sticky notes all over. <laughs> um, people do have like a positive affirmation on like a painting or something or like yeah. around your rooms and stuff. So figuring out what works for you. But any of the things I mentioned, getting feedback from people about yourself can also be really helpful. Yeah, I give feedback for a living and I always tell people I hate getting it. But what I do is I actually do listen and I try to process it. And then I take some time to figure out like which pieces are relevant, which pieces can I use to improve myself, but not um, trying to take all of it and change myself. And I also think like a lot of this work is not about changing like who you are because we fundamentally are who we are, right? It just may be adjusting to the way we show up or yeah. adapting to different situations. Again, like when you walk in the room and you start to feel like I don't belong in this room. And then that little voice clicks in telling you, you don't belong in this room. You know, you quietly remind yourself, I actually wouldn't be here <laughs> if I didn't belong in this room. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then also to add on to that, that's why my research topic, I added that psychological safety aspect mm. to my research. Mm. And there was a relationship between like imposter phenomenon and psychological safety because it's like, yeah, you belong in the room because you're there and you are providing that voice, but also looking around to be like, who else is in the room and why do you feel this way? So I think that's a huge part of like examining your environment because sometimes your environment is giving you those thoughts and feelings and you're listening to that voice because you might be the only person in the room with like maybe only black person in the room or only person in the room of a specific minority. So also examining other factors, like examine your environment and what is leading to you feeling like you don't belong in that room. But like, as you said, Melanie, like you are there for a reason. Right, right. And I think you like, you bring up a really good point, especially being like two black women kind of navigating the earth (laughs) as so many of us are. Um, And sometimes you feel like the stereotype beats you to the room, right? Or people have these expectations or assumptions of how you're going to be before you even walk in. Is Mm -hmm. there a correlation between like the notion of like stereotype threat or that stereotype sitting in the chair before you even get there and imposter syndrome? Yeah, I would say that definitely is. Because there are so many like stereotypes for like different demographics. And yeah. sometimes it's like you want to live up to mm-hmm. that stereotype if it's a good thing, if it's yeah. a good stereotype. So yeah. I think that's where the imposter syndrome comes in, where it's like you're trying to live up to that stereotype because that's there's that fear that comes mm-hmm. into place where you feel like you you can't live up to it or you won't amount to whatever it is, whether it be a negative or positive stereotype, because there's so many, like... yeah. There's so many different stereotypes about so many different people with so many different things. And we're all aware of it. Sometimes it also starts from childhood, like yeah. being aware of it, like from childhood, and you're like, all right, I'm trying to live up to this thing. And I think that perfectionism too plays a role because research has also shown that there's a relationship between perfectionism and imposter mm-hmm. syndrome. Okay. So I think sometimes there's that fear, fear when we are trying to live up to this person that's or standard that society has set and like you're doing everything 
to live up to that. And I, I think that fear comes into play and we are scared that someone is going to find out that we are not who we are saying we are when we are trying to live up to whatever stereotype. Or it can be the opposite, like you're not trying to live up to that stereotype. So you're yeah. doing everything in your power to <laughs> not live up to that stereotype and you're scared yeah. that people will put you in a box. So I think it's also like, society put in your box and you're either trying to fit in that box or escape that box and so you're doing everything in your power to do that and then again imposter syndrome plays a role because you're scared that people will find out either you belong in that box or you don't belong in that box so there's definitely a relationship between imposter syndrome and stereotype trip yeah wow so like what can companies do you talked a little bit about psychological safety one can you tell us what psychological safety is because i know that's another term that we hear quite a bit especially in the diversity and belonging world but Mm -hmm. two like what can organizations do or leaders who might be listening right now do to help support employees who have it yeah so psychological safety is like feeling safe, the feeling safe psychologically. So I feel like when it comes to like feeling safe, it's like, do can I speak up in the workplace? Mm-hmm. Do I feel comfortable sharing my ideas in the workplace? Um, can I feel in the workplace and just learn from my mistakes? So all mm-hmm. that is around psycho that all that goes into psychology psychological safety and feeling safe so if you feel like you can share your ideas in the workplace freely you can show up as your authentic self and nobody's gonna judge you or like make you scared for being yourself that is all considered you feel psychologically safe if you can do these things Mm -hmm. and so when I talk about it in, in relationship to psychological safety if you when I talk about psychological safety in relation to imposter syndrome or imposter phenomenon it's Mm -hmm. like when people have that imposter syndrome there's that fear they're scared to make a mistake Mm -hmm. and when you think about psychological safe environment if you make a mistake that is fine there's certain workplaces that encourage making mistakes and learning from that mistake or taking risks in the workplace. Mm-hmm. So when you have imposter syndrome and you're in a psychological safe environment, it kind of helps because you know like, hey, if I make a mistake, that's fine. Even if they put me on this pre- pedestal and I make a mistake, I'm just gonna learn from it and no one is gonna judge me. I can show up as my authentic self and whoever I am and I'll be accepted for who I am. Yeah. And so I think that's how it like it plays a role like how they are related to each other and I think it's important for companies to create that psychological safe environment because again when there's that psychological safe environment you have a lot of good benefits because people are learning from their mistakes and there's it's a learning environment and I think it's important as a society that we encourage a learning environment and then there's not that fear of taking risks in the in the workplace mm-hmm. um people show up as themselves, their authentic selves. And that's really important because then you get a burst of ideas, you get innovation, uh, which is really important in the workspace. It's really important to be innovative in the workplace, being a problem solver. Um, It goes into leadership styles too. Like there's a lot of good benefits of psychological safety. And so it's important to create a psychological safe environment. And to create that, I would say like having discussions like in your one-on-one meetings or in group meetings, like having those conversations 
that come up, like requesting feedback from your employees and listening. I think it's really important to listen to people when they're speaking or sharing their thoughts and ideas. And people like to feel heard in the workplace or in any environment that you are, whether it's like with your friends in relationships in school, people like to feel heard. People, when they talk, they want to know that you're listening to them. And so I think it's important to listen to the people that you're surrounded with, your employees. And that kind of goes, like all of this is related to imposter syndrome because again, people, there's that fear that people feel. They don't internalize their success. They don't feel like they're capable. And so encouraging them in their workplaces is really important. And again, if they make mistakes, all right, you made a mistake. What did we learn from it? And then you move on from that. So I think it's really important for companies to create that psychologically safe environment. And there's so many ways to do that in the workplace. And like I said, like encouraging discussions, listening are like some of the ways to do that in the workplace. And then also to your question of like, what can companies do? So in addition to creating that psychological safe environment, like mentoring programs is like really huge. Mm-hmm. Like thinking about like how they create recognition programs and performance appraisals and how like employees or leadership is given feedback to their employees, like things like that and how they're framing their conversations is really important. Yeah, thank you. So uh, one of our LinkedIn followers wanted to know, like in your research, was there anything you discovered that was surprising or anything that was like counterintuitive to what we typically hear about imposter syndrome? Um, I don't think I saw anything. I mean, the only interesting thing was like when I did the relationship between work engagement mm-hmm. and imposter phenomenon, there was not a relationship. And I don't think that was net, like it kind of was surprising and then kind of not at the same time. Because like when I think about imposter syndrome, it's like when you have that fear, it's like you might overwork yourself. Mm-hmm. You might like some people get a burst of energy and then work more or like overwork, which can lead to like burnout and all of those things. So on that one hand, it wasn't surprising, but it kind of is surprising because it's like once you're like scared of like people thinking you're not as intelligent or capable as you are, you try not to continue to put yourself on a pedestal and you might not get that excitement about your work or you might not be enthusiastic about the work you're doing because at the back of your mind you you have that fear and you have that imposter syndrome and you're doubting yourself and you don't think you're capable so I think that was kind of surprising but I kind of understood why there wasn't that relationship so I'll say that's the only thing that I was surprised in and then another thing that might be surprising to others might be like the conflicting statement. I think I said it earlier, but like when it came to gender, gender, some research showed there was no relationship and then some might show like there's more women who have imposter syndrome than men. But at the same time, like the first people that coined the term, their research was mostly on like white women. Okay. So when imposter syndrome also as they they referred to it as imposter phenomenon in their research and when they had done research it was mostly white women in high achieving positions experiencing 
imposter phenomenon. But nowadays, like, you don't necessarily need to be in a high achieving, <laughs> achieving like role and you're experiencing imposter phenomenon and you don't need to be a white woman and you're still going to experience imposter phenomenon. So there's a lot of fa- factors that go into it. Yeah. So as we close, like what would be the top two or three things? I know you've given us a lot of tidbits that we can do, but like something that people can do literally starting (laughs) as soon as they are done listening to this to help empower them to move past the imposter syndrome and kind of own their accomplishments and their success. Yeah. First, you can go take the test if you choose to just to see how high you are on it and then also reading the questions kind of give you an idea of like maybe other situation or times you might experience imposter phenomenon or imposter syndrome so I'd say take the test just to get an idea of like where you are and then I'll say journal like I think journal is like the easy one you can do reaffirm yourself I think it's important to like reaffirm yourself when it comes to like different things like you worked hard to get to where you are you did the work to get to where you are. It might not be hard work to you, but to others, they're seeing it as like you did a lot of things. And so I think owning your success or accomplishments, no matter how you got there and just internalizing that, like it's not due to lack. It's like the work you put in, it's it's actions you took to get to that point. And it's based on where, what you did. So I think like keeping that in mind and reaffirming yourself because we all have our skills. We all have our abilities. Everybody's amazing at something. Like you'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. Oh, there are some things people are able to do. So I think keeping that in mind, like everyone is amazing at their own thing. Everyone is on their own different journeys in life and going through different things. So keeping that in mind. And sometimes it might not be that easy to get to wherever you want to go, but it might take time and that's okay that's fine and keep if as long as you know what you want to do and where you want to go and what goals that you have it's okay if it it takes time to get there and that's totally fine again everyone is on their own journey just try to enjoy the process or just create those little goals to get to the big goals and I like what Melanie you said earlier about celebrating your wins I think it's really important for us to take a moment to just celebrate our wins and acknowledge where we are and how far we've come in life. So, and also like take some rest. Like sometimes I need to say, but sometimes we need to just relax and take, take a deep breath and just relax. Like, again, like when I say celebrate the win, even if it's like just taking time and just relaxing, like that can be a big thing. So I think, Try not to burn yourself out and just take moments to celebrate yourself and just relax. And like small wins are still wins and it doesn't need to be a huge win to celebrate it. And for you, if you're somebody that needs a mentor or a coach, like, or need to go to therapy, I didn't mention that earlier, but therapy is really huge. And I always encourage people to go to therapy. So if you're somebody that needs that, use it, use the resources available to you. But I always recommend mentor, coach, therapy. So if that works for you or some, for some people it might not work for them. You might get a bad coach and you might need to get another <laughs> coach get a bad therapist. And you just need to get another therapist that would work for you. So keeping things like that in mind is some of the tidbits I'll say that can be helpful to a variety of different people. 
No, thank you. And then I'll just add to, in addition to the dancing in your chair and celebrating the wins, I would say to show yourself some compassion, like the same level of compassion that we would show a friend who called us upset about something like this, we should show that compassion to ourselves. And then just being patient with yourself because it's not going to change overnight. The first thing is taking that assessment, <laughs> like Yaira mentioned, understanding like if you have it, raising your self-awareness and then working through some of the tips that Dr. Yaira gave us. So thank you so much for being our host, co-host <laughs> and special guest <laughs> Uh, for this first episode of Intel Noir. Um, for all of our listeners, we will have episodes coming out monthly on different topics. You know, some of the topics that we're looking at in the coming months include talking about food deserts and the impact that they have um, on minority communities. Uh, we're also going to have a very special episode with my two sisters, which is bound to be hilarious. <laughs> I am the youngest of the three, so there should be uh, a lot of fun there. If you are interested in being on the show, if you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss or an expert that you'd like us to pull in on something, please let us know. We will have resource information in the summary of um, this podcast. We'll also have an email link where you can send uh, to us if you're interested in being on the show or if you have a topic that you want us to cover. And then um, thank you all for this first episode of Intel Noir. And thank you, Dr. Yaira. Of course. And thank you for having me and for doing this. And then also thank you to everyone who submitted questions on my Instagram and on LinkedIn. Yes, yes. And then for Instagram followers, you can follow me at Melanie Boone PhD. And then Dr. Yaira? At Yaira underscore. And then also at our LinkedIn's. Yes. So, all right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you.